Welcome back to Harbor Food Services Drive Time, where you listen to Andy Cook get smarter by talking to people like Kathy Stevenson Lowe, today's guest. Um, uh, on Drive Time, we just try to pick topics that are ubiquitous or universal for a, a lot of you out there in the field, and we get uh, people's specific impressions or feedback on those items, and you can you can take their feedback and and disregard it, or better yet, you can take their feedback and wonder how this lines up with you, and you can uh, make your shtick better. As I just hinted at, I'm being joined by Kathy Stevenson Lowe's, and we're going to have a conversation about the harbor difference. And this kind of ties into my ongoing curiosity to find out how many versions of the harbor story there is. Let's jump into it. Hello, Kathy Stevenson Lowe's. Hello, Andy Cook. And uh, how are you today? Just dandy. Lovely. <laughs> Uh, we're doing a really boring white rap and uh, matching up dandy with Andy. Um, uh, I'll drop a beat and we can start this all over again. What do you say? Okay. Today, Kathy, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the harbor difference. We've had some conversations about this before, and let's talk about the harbor story first because that provides good context for the rest. I'm doing a lot of talking here. I'm sorry. I want you to do more talking, but I'm going to set. I'm going to set us up. Uh, okay. We have sales meetings all the time, and. We're back in prospecting mode, and we talked about prospecting the last time we last time we recorded a conversation. So listen to that, folks. Everybody's talking about like get out there and tell the harbor story, and we keep hearing that. Tell the harbor story, the harbor story, and that makes me wonder uh, what is the harbor story, and what are all the different variations of the harbor story that you customize to each client, to each customer. So, um, and Kathy, I know you say that you love to tell the harbor story, so I'm turning it over to you. Tell me okay. the harbor story. What do you love about it? Um, I really think it's the most exciting thing ever that we were the lucky ones, at least south of Kent, um, and, and a little bit north too, but we were very, very fortunate to be purchased by Justin and Harbor Wholesale and, um, had it been different and we had, all of us had ended up at U.S. Foods, I, I think, I think it would just, it would have been so different, um, and I am absolutely thrilled. I feel so lucky when I go out and tell my story. Um, I refer to Justin Erickson, the owner as living in Olympia and he dines in our restaurants, our accounts, and he, he is truly local. We are definitely family oriented. And I just think that we're not the big, huge broadliner nationwide broadliner. But we are big. We're definitely big. We have all the bells and whistles, but we're definitely more unique in the sense that our our product mix is so much different. Our relationships with the other like companies that we do in transit stuff with, like Bargreen and Northern and Mac Meats and Smithco and Mondo Meats, we are creating this Pacific Northwest Alliance, which customers love. They want to hear that. They love the fact that our produce is coming from Charlie's and um, we're supporting other local family-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So you talk to any local restaurant, they dig that. That is right. a good thing. Because a lot of our business are exactly that themselves. You know, we're not necessarily serving Applebee's. Um, no. You know, we're serving House of Pancakes and Bar and Grills and the, uh, right. you know, people who also live and work in the communities that they do business in. Well, and I now, believe our salespeople are truly genuine and our truck drivers are, we have the best truck drivers out there. They go the extra mile. 
Um, I'm really proud when I see my truck rolling through Olympia. Right. I don't, yeah. you know, and I almost always know who my drivers are. Um, uh-huh. I just love my drivers. They all take care of, of my customers and they go the extra mile. I mean, it's pretty right. cool. It's, it's really solid. It feels good. So you just gave me sort of the high altitude universal harbor story. Can we talk about maybe a few different variations? Like, uh, I mean, do you have different variations? I do. I do go and refer back to, um, you know, 2019 when Justin bought FSA Kent, because not everybody knows that. And that was October 2019 or September, I think. But um, six months later, we rolled into COVID and we really didn't have a chance to go out there and celebrate our story for very long. Right. And then we were in this mode of lockdown for I don't know how many weeks and it was a couple months. And then when we could go back out again, there was so much going on, this mass thing. And I mean, the things we've been through in the last two and a half years, but I felt that we were so lucky to be taken care of the way we were taken care of. Yeah. There was nobody that had to worry about their jobs or very few people anyway. And I just kept sharing how lucky we were that, you know, Justin and our company were taking care of us and making right. sure that we were rock solid and that nobody was going to lose their job. And mm-hmm. my customers thought that was super cool. Right. Um, There's another point, I think, that lead that lends to a good story. And it's during the first ripples or uh, tremors of supply chain disruptions and uh, and service outages and uh, uh, and cutting people off because of our smaller, more nimble size and local connections. Um, we weren't as disruptive for our customers as, say, our rivals were. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Yes, I would agree with that. Yes. And so do you think, and I don't really know because I was only with FSA for like a year before all this uh, uh, U.S. food stuff and, and, and Harbor things uh, turned around. But um, do you think FSA would have been as nimble as Harbor was? Wow, that's a good question. I haven't really ever thought about that. You know what? I don't know. I I mean, obviously, I, I you know... Loved FSA because my dad had been um, director of program sales for FSA for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I came on board in 95. So it's been my whole life. Um, and I always thought they were good to us. Right. However, I don't think that they were the f- true family-oriented <laughs> company that yeah. we now are. Justin obviously lives in Olympia and he does dine out at a ton of my accounts and Mm -hmm. he'll send me pictures of himself and his family and tell me, you know, what a great, what a great meal they just had. And I love that. I love that. How cool is that? I don't remember Tom Stewart ever picking up the phone to call me and tell me what a great job I was doing Mm -hmm. or Slade for that matter. Um, Well, he probably didn't have a phone in his helicopter, so... um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm That's sure probably we had why. in his helicopter. Uh-huh. We are local like you. So yep. I love it. We've been kind of beating up on U.S. foods, uh, but <laughs> they're, they're, they're not our chief rival in the area. I don't want to make this about, I don't want to be mean girls, but we're not being mean girls. We're not picking on little guys. We're, let's talk about the difference between us and them. There's sort of that harbor difference. We can talk about what that harbor difference is, but I, you know, and again, this isn't about beating up on on yeah. Cisco, but Cisco is our contrast color, right? You're out there, you're out there a lot, and we've had a lot of these conversations where, and I'm going to cue you up here, and you can, you know, take the ball and run with it. But uh, 
you go into you go in when you're prospecting and start and start talking to a potentially new customer who is with Cisco, and then you find out that uh, some of these people have been with Cisco for like two years, and they it, it's like it's like Vera. Norm's wife from Cheers. They know this person exists, but no one's ever seen them, right? Yeah, it appears that um, I think somewhere during the pandemic, they just changed their their go to market approach, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of my new business that I'm calling on, and I know I will get. They have not seen their Cisco sales rep or have not physically met their Cisco sales rep in two years. It seems that their service level is obviously being done a lot by phone. Mm-hmm. They encourage their people to place their own orders, which is fine. We do that too. Um, but there's absolutely no communication on outs, shorts, when things are due in, subs, where I know every single one of us at Harbor spends a good chunk of the afternoon going through our outs and trying to find subs and communicate with people so they know what's going on. Right. And the supply chain dilemmas are not going away. In fact, they're probably going to get worse. So the more communication, good news, bad news, um, it just keeps you partnered with your your people. What blows my mind is, why are they still their customers? Well, it's because, first of all, you know, there's quite a few... There's quite a few accounts out there that probably need us and want us, mm-hmm. but yet it's a process. So it's hard to work on to more than two or three accounts at a time because you got to do it right. Or if you don't do it right, you'll lose them. Right. And so I believe you need to take the steps to get them up, up and running and and used to the way we we do things. And, and then you can kind of relinquish a little control, let them start doing some of their own orders and, and then move on to the next but usually we are all working on between five and 10 accounts. Uh-huh. And so you, it's hard to be everywhere. Right. And even if you had more salespeople, it would still be the same way. And you want to do it right. So mm-hmm. you do it. And then, you know, word travels. So because this is a this is a uh, interview that our other sales reps can be flies on the wall, um, how do you use this to your advantage? By knowing that somebody is with Cisco, do you have a couple of go-to questions? Like, what colors your sales rep's eyes? I'll bet you don't know because you've never seen them. You know, you I'm know very pretty? careful. You got to be confident and know. You just know. Um, you know that you're better. You know mm-hmm. you can do a better job. And you pretty much know that if they're a Cisco customer, they're probably not getting that great a service. Right. Unless they're madly in love with their sales rep and they go back 20 years, then then maybe they're a little bit more tolerant. But um, and you never ever bash the competition ever. Right. You just but you just talk about what you can do for them. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I was trying to say a serious thing in a funny way, and sometimes it seems like I'm just I'm just trying to be funny, but I'm actually kind of serious. Uh, knowing that somebody is a Cisco customer, does that inform how you? I mean, and I agree with you. I'm not gonna. In fact, if you listen to this conversation, never once have I called Cisco or U.S. Mm-hmm. Foods our competition. I think. I call them rivals. So I think rivals make you better. And so I'm never going to beat up on somebody. But knowing that there is a reliable disruption on that end, do you um, do you nudge a conversation in that direction? Do you drop little cues to make people? To. Okay. I don't have to. It's already there. I huh? rise above it. If it just gotcha. automatically surfaces on its own. Okay. Because the way we go after our new business with such a different, friendly approach, you know, right. I mean, people just automatically they just want to start telling you everything. Okay. These other people aren't getting seen at all. So, right. 
And when you see people on a week-in, week-out basis, you develop a, a really strong foundation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I, we spent so much time with the Mayan family that summer of 2020. Yeah. We're like part of the family, Andy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really tight. Yeah. We're close. Cool. He's not buying 100% of his groceries from me and Harbor, but he chisels off as a, an amount of stuff every week to make sure I get an order. Yeah, because we're talking about this and you and I know about it, but the audience doesn't. Uh, I'm just yeah. gonna make a I'm just gonna call an audible that uh, this is one of those situations where Jose has a sense of an old school sense of loyalty. He's a traditionalist to the Cisco sales rep, not mm-hmm. to Cisco. Uh, you know, this has been, you know, he said this out loud to me with almost an apologetic tone, but, uh, um, and you mentioned that earlier, you know, sometimes people just, they, they have a, they have a love for, or a, a sense of loyalty to their Cisco sales rep. Now you're sharing that love. So he's, he's kind of being polyamorous with you, Kathy. I Mm -hmm. hope you realize that. But I just think that, you know, you just, you're faithful, you show up, you, you try to sell more. And so this all comes down to that, to that Harbor difference. And, you know, so the Harbor difference, I just want to call out, isn't going to do it for you. You've got to, you've got to put yourself in alignment with it. You have to, you also have to be that Harbor difference. Don't you? Mm-hmm. You got to uh, go you know. the extra mile. Right. Cause you know, let's be honest. Some, some people, they want a, they want an experience that is very binary. You know, they want to be that, they want to be that kid in school. It's like, no, show me all the rules so that I can excel within the rules. Uh, other people, it's like, like myself. And I think you, it's like, uh, uh, share, share me our purpose, our shared purpose. And I will follow that. I will follow that compass point, but I might take mm-hmm. my own route there. Right. I think that there's gotta be some people on our team that was like, no, just tell me what the rules are so that I can follow them. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I think that Harper's not necessarily built that way. You know, no, Harper no. doesn't give you a precise, comprehensive, uh, playbook no. to follow. It's a choose your own adventure, but f- make sure that what you're doing is doing for the benefit or towards our yeah. customer's success, because exactly. that's what we are obsessed with. And that, that you are, that you're genuine and that you're friendly and that you're motivated and you're resourceful. You know, if you just kind of do those things. That's the compass point. Choose your own route there. Right. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about Harbor. I mean, we were that way at FSA too. Very, mm-hmm. very laid back with the parameters of, you know, any kind of restrict, restricted, here's what you have to do, right? Right. No one's ever been that way with us. So, and Harbor's even, even more, you know, right. they trust us to do the right thing. And I've been told when I, you know, as perceived that I was moving too cautiously on something, um, and I appreciated this, is that um, multiple members of leadership who says, Andy, do your thing. We trust you. You're not going to break. You're not going to break the company. I'm like, yeah. all right. Cool. And uh, even if you did do something not not perfect, right? We are so so cool. I mean, I can't think of any situation where anybody got in trouble for for doing something that was. Well, I do know. I do know of a couple, but these are people <laughs> that did something selfishly for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as long as you're... your intentions are good and you're trying to do the right thing for your customer and your company, right? I don't think you can go wrong with that. And so. I think how this ties into the harbor difference is because we have this local organic nature about us. When you mm-hmm. start to get to the scale of a publicly traded company that mm-hmm. is motivated by quarterly reports, then yep. 
you become a cog in, in, in the machine, not a yep. passenger on the train, right? Yep. Cool. We are truly homegrown, and I, I love that. Good. The closer we got to U.S. Foods and I recognized what my life could be like, and then I saw what my life would have been like, you know, afterwards, I'm, I'm very grateful. Yep, me too. Right. And I, and I get to work with you. I've enjoyed working with you, Kathy. Uh, oh, you and I have had a blast had a together. Yeah. Yeah, cool. we've got more things to work on. We've only just begun, but yeah, um, yeah. but 2020 was really quite the. We Wasn't spent it? a lot of time together, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did. So, um, I'll uh, remember it fondly. Me too. <laughs> All right, Kathy. Uh, let's leave on this high note. Um, okay. Thank you for thank you for being my guest again, uh, and and suffering through my questions and ridiculous comparisons. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the process. I did. Thank you. Good. All right. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everybody. All right. So long, folks. This has been Drive Time with Eddie Cook and Kathy Stevenson Lowe's. There, I identified the program before we closed. Nailed it. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs>